Hitting record would be necessary. You know, I looked for notes on Spartan, and that's a sign of like a movie I'm like really involved with. I had no notes. I didn't even. I just just let it wash over me. Val, come on, baby, let's do it, baby, 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 baby. Um, I would like to say the same for this film because I have no notes, and I'm gonna bet Dave that I like this a lot more than you. A lot more. That's my. Oh, bet. interesting. Hmm. That would be that would be a change in our podcast relationship on off-screen death mm-hmm. uh, for you to mm-hmm. really go for the the critic darling, uh, the crying mm-hmm. game. So all of my emotions feel the same, feel the same. You don't like where this is going? Look away, look away. You're not in my way. Was this a first watch for you as well? No. no? Okay. I saw it as a, as a, um, I don't want to say as a kid, but, um, somewhere in the nineties, I caught up mm-hmm. with it. Now I think I stayed away from it. Uh, not, <laughs> not of any fear. Spoiler alert for the crying game. If there is such a thing, <laughs> not of any fear of seeing a penis, but it was one of those things that I felt like, well, God damn it. This, like I missed my window, uh, I actually felt this way about Rosemary's Baby for the longest time mm. too, because I was just hyper aware of the like, oh, that's the that's the baby. We know who the pop pop is, and pop, pop. this one that's like, <laughs> and this one, <laughs> look, I, I, on your uh, your critics list, I have to you know I have to punch them up with some explosions Fair. of my particular vernacular that I use mainly with my dog, but. Uh, Crying Game, as we mentioned at the tail end of last show on Spartan, which uh, is great. You should check out Spartan um, wherever you can. Uh, I don't know where that is. Uh, I own a physical copy and digital because I'm a good American that way. Um, Ace Ventura. That was probably my exposure. Um, I assume, you know, there was jokes made on like late night talk shows and SNL. So there was a deluge of, Hey, here's the big twist of crying game. So I think probably in my early teenage years, when I'm like renting my videos, getting into movies, I probably thought like, Oh, there's nothing for me there because that's a big twist, which is funny because it's not like that twist has a ton to do with the plot. Obviously there's some echoes because of that, that relationship, what's revealed, but you know, the, the actual genre aspects of it, as far as the men and women with guns and the, uh, assassination plots and that thing, not, not so much. It's not a twist. Like it's like the very last scene or anything. Right. Um, so I kind of kicked myself when I came back to it cause I, I enjoyed it then and it had been a while since I'd revisited this one, but no, I think I've seen this a few times mm, at this okay. point. So, yeah, I, I think, Kind of similarly, the reason that I hadn't seen it was because like it, the way people talked about it reminded me of a movie like The Sixth Sense, like, oh, you got to see it for the twist. And once you know Mm. what the twist is, you're like, do I, okay, I know that the twist is a dick. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Do I really need to watch this? And no one ever said anything else about it. Right. That was the only thing that ever, not like, oh, it was a tremendous performance. Forrest Whitaker was great. Stephen Ray was great. Like n- nothing. Just like, oh, it's, it's actually a man. That's a trans, uh, you know, and that's all you ever heard about it. So I was like, okay, I guess I don't need to see that or I'll see it someday. You know, I'll get around to it. But it sounds like um, the Brits agree with you. This is number 26 
on the BFI top 100. So this is pretty high up there, uh, you know, next to things like Four Weddings and a Funeral, uh, Chariots of Fire, Dr. Zhivago. So this is, you know. Well <laughs> I love of. it being next to Four Weddings and a Funeral, <laughs> the the natural roommate yeah. for those two yeah, films together. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, okay. Um, so I think that's the reason I stayed away from it. And I hate to break your heart, Mike, but I love this movie. I thought it was I thought okay. it was great. Um, well, okay. I'm, see, I'm going to label you as like, you know, uh, Twitter personality on day uh, on the, uh, the the biggest insult on that you day could feed. possibly hurl at me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, okay. Um, we talked about a little bit on the uh, you know the earlier version of the show on uh, a podcast directed by Basic Instinct is the one that, that mm-hmm. came to mind. Um, I recently did an episode on the grand gesture for the silence of the lambs, which is interesting. All these movies in the early nineties mm-hmm. that are dealing with characters of different sexual orientations. And, you know, especially at that time period, this is all new. Like, I mean, I, I think that's why people lost their fucking mind about right. the crying game, which, uh, you know, it's still sadly, I guess, rare that you actually just see a penis on screen anyway. Right. Uh, trans or not like it's yeah Yeah, i was about to say god bless jason siegel for using it for comedy and for getting sarah marshall but that's usually where it's going to be like Uh dicks are funny and there was a little bit of that i don't want to say gay panic (laughs) is there such a thing as like penis panic it's like all the jokes were just like oh my god they made me look at a dick like that was that was the the sort of shock and awe look look down next time you take off your clothes there's one there too i don't know why you're so upset. About I was this. I'm amused by the the guys that you know just are horrified of of penises, and it's like, man, does it the self loathing? Goodness, <laughs> like you have to masturbate. Everyone has right. to at some point, and it's like, do you like hate yourself? Do you like close your eyes? Like you know, do you, like what? Disgusting. What, what is going on? I here? hate myself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess a certain amount of self-loathing sure. is just good common sense for everyone. Yeah, you know, normal. Make those New Year's resolutions, but <laughs> but this here, I I wondered because we talked a little bit about in Basic Instinct, which uh, is about you know gay relationships as far as Sharon Stone, at least how that character is introduced. Um, if this one had aged appropriately or not, I have no idea. I mean, mm. it's certainly of its time in the sense that uh, it was groundbreaking then, but I also wonder if modern audiences are going to see this as, uh, you know, at at best, um, underwhelming and at worst, offensive. I, I have mm. no idea. I, I, I just wonder that with these type of things when I revisit them in 2021. Yeah, I mean, I didn't... I would be hard to find this offensive i think maybe our lead character's reaction to that moment i mean you could read as offensive i would be i actually think he handles pretty it pretty well pretty, considering he didn't know. he has a line like, where he's like uh something effective uh i think i liked you better when you were a girl and it, it's like the response is like oh well and that's right, like that's, right. that's, that's he, doesn't, like, he doesn't respond violently <laughs> like he's shocked he's upset like you know happens that's fine you did know, didn't you? Jesus, I feel sick. 
Don't go, Jimmy. I'm sorry. I thought you knew. Uh, and I, but I think this movie, it it really works because of all the buildup to that relationship. Like all the scenes with, uh, with. Did you read my letterbox I didn't. review this, by the way? I haven't seen this one. God, what does it say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm frightened right now. I'm legitimately concerned. <laughs> Let me, uh, you know, pull. I want to quote myself accurately, oh, yes. I guess, here. Uh, speaking of, you know, I guess panic when it comes to sex. Uh, very simple. Um, four and a half stars, Dave. Four and a half stars out of five and a heart. Uh, Michael Denston at Projecting Film on Letterboxd <laughs> rewatched February 21st, 2021. I also think of Forrest Whitaker playing cricket during sex. <laughs> like, that, that will earn you a like at some Four point. Four and a half that's, stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, so, so funny, but yet no likes from Dave yet. This actually has no likes from anyone. No one appreciated it. We'll get there. They were creeped out, we'll get there. I guess. I don't uh, know. But I think the reason that the relationship in the second half of the movie works is because how built up she is by Forrest Whitaker's character and the bond and the friendship that these two men have. Oh, it's most like to be now, man. Doesn't matter where. Come on, man. This shit was all over. Uh, having a paint in the rock. You lack imagination, Fergus. Think of something more alluring. Like what? Like having a pint in the metro. <laughs> <laughs> having two pints in the rock. Having a pint in the metro and Dill's having a margarita. Who's Dill? Special friend. Oh, yeah. We got simple taste, you and me. Yeah, the best. But you guys never get a break, do you? Do you? Oh yeah. We do a tour of duty and we're finished. But you guys are never finished, are you? We don't look on it that way. Um, in like I guess like the first almost hour of this movie, and that's definitely not what I expected because all I knew about it was the trans storyline. So I wasn't expecting this like this bonding between you know uh, you know between captor and captive. Um, but man, that stuff really worked. Like I could watch a whole movie with just these two kind of maybe in a better situation, you know, just palling around, having a good time, laughing with each other, cracking jokes. Uh, and I think it's like it's very purposeful and exact the fact that even when he's supposed to kill this man it's not it's not him who does it right he ends up getting run over like he chases him i mean it's god yeah who who does it they're like uh forrest whitaker you are not designed to move that fast like god is like, slow down <laughs> just he's a dog you don't need to sprint he's a big dude. He's had a bag over his head. Uh, he's hot, and you know he's under threat of death, and yet he's still cracking wise to his his buddy Fergus here. Um, I was, you know, the, I actually looking back on that, like we're we're kind of laughing, uh, but it's such a shocking death. I think that was more of a twist to me than the yeah the penis. I'm like, oh god, like you know, and certainly the it's... way it happens too. Like if if one of the other captors takes him out, I'm like, okay, kind of expected that, but. Jesus. 
Well, because we're led to believe that Fergus is not going to follow through on it. Yeah. And he doesn't want to. I think that's, I like, you know, the way, uh, what is the actor's name? Stephen Ray? Yeah. Is that his Ray. name? He's nominated mm-hmm. for this. Yeah. Um, we know him as the dickhead vampire from Interview with a Vampire, which we did <laughs> on the uh, <laughs> podcast. Also in uh, V for Vendetta, I think, also is uh, in that movie as well. See, like the investigator, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, I think he makes a choice. Not only does he like the guy, I think that's genuine. But I think he makes a choice to get to know him because I don't think he wants to kill anyone, no. really. No. And so I think that he like he has to force the issue with himself of, I want to know this person. Because I, I want to remove any possibility that I would actually follow through with this. Which, it makes him a really odd character anyway. Like, that he's involved in this. Because the other you know two that i guess we get to know that are not killed in this shootout with law enforcement <laughs> yeah they're fucking psychopaths yeah. it's just you know they they're they seem to revel in other people's misery and you know they're plotting for more misery and i'm not getting into the the politics of it i don't know anything about like on yeah. let's not uh, get into the ira i don't feel well <laughs> i don't feel smart enough to on, really delve into that on my podcast with sober cinema i can't remember with my buddy Jared, how it came up. Um, I don't remember what movie we were watching. Um, this is a really bad promotion for an episode. If anyone actually ever had the follow through on something, they're like, tell me which episode. I'm like, I know all of them subscribe. Uh, but Jared was like, yeah, they, they had some problems over there, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and it ended up with me trying to find the, uh, bastardized American version of it. I'm like, wasn't there a movie with Harrison Ford and Brad Pitt? Yeah, that man. This to me? I'm like, the devil's own, Jared. We'll do an episode on that and we'll become learned men about <laughs> right. the struggles right. with the IRA. Not Michael so I'm not Collins, getting into that not... at all. <laughs> Just... <laughs> eh, eh, who needs it? <laughs> Even though it's the same director as here, Neil Jordan, mm-hmm. but yep. I'm going to go with uh, Brad Pitt. I mean, that's always a good call. Harrison Ford. I mean, really. But yeah, probably a bad movie. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, I find it interesting that this movie could be, you know, a, you know, a terrorist drama, and in that first half, and it becomes like a character piece. If it's, mm-hmm. a, it's yeah. like as you would call it, like kind of an old school two hander, um, with mm-hmm. just these two guys and how they're interacting, and you know, and really interesting considering, like, you know, one of our our female psychopaths has like, you know pretended to have a sexual relationship with guy to the point of i guess holding his hand while he urinates which is a new level of intimacy that i'm not sure i want with anyone mm. ever uh maybe that's when she decided i want to kill this guy i mean did that you know <laughs> i'm starting to understand her a little bit like that actually there's a consistent theme of penis panic here. yes like, all right mm, enough i don't need no. that yeah um but also the z- the zip up and the the whole procedure isn't. I <laughs> yeah, mean, how do you? You're talking about a classic two hander there, Dave. It's like I just don't. I just don't. I mean, it can be done, but who? Yeah, would you want gotta to? kind of what? finagle it in a weird kind of way. You gotta you, angle things. A things. weird guy, yeah. Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, Jesus, absolutely. Uh, but those those conversations that these two men have, that is what builds up the relationship that we get in the second half. Like, if you don't have. Forrest Whitaker's character kind of talking about how amazing this woman is and this, you know, how he needs to get back to her that I don't think you end up with this. And actually it makes sense that you would uh, like this movie, Mike, uh, because there's a little bit of that obsession quality going on, Mm -hmm. right? Like he keeps, he's all he has is, he has his picture and he's just like, I got to meet this person. Like I, well, he's, he's, I guess finally given something strangely to believe in, even though he, 
you know, you think he has this political cause, um, but he, you know, there's a clear distinction between him and the others in that, that particular group. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned in my um, gloriously well-received letterbox <laughs> review, the fact that he keeps going back to Forrest Whitaker uh, in this, this moment of sporting happiness. I don't know. And it's, it, it makes you think like, would he, would he have been friends? Would he, would this relationship have defined him as much if Forrest Whitaker had not run into a car? Um, I don't know. I don't, uh, he's sort of a cipher of a character Mm -hmm. in a way, which I normally, I don't know how much people would go along with, but there's a lot (laughs) like the Dick. There's a lot of other stuff going on here that I think distracted people where he can just be someone that is just watching and observing and allowing things to happen to him Mm -hmm. in a way, which makes him a really interesting, like romantic partner partner anyway. For this, that it's just he's just sort of along for the ride, and then when he actually has to have, yeah, you know, he has to question himself. He has to question, I guess, his sexuality in a way. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think this predates, um, you know, Train Spotting has that great uh, monologue by Renton, where he's just like he he basically predicts is like you know there'll be no no gender nothing no, it's just like <laughs> basically just a a sea of people just. Going to fuck other people, and that's it. Kind of where we're headed. I mean, we're almost there. And it's well, I think I'm pretty sure he ends that little voiceover with like, "It sounds great to me." (laughs) Like just whatever. (laughs) But you know, I don't expect Fergus to to have that particular uh, the same outlook as a heroin addict in a club in the mid '90s. Fair. um, (laughs) But uh, you know, it's 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 a. We talked about the structure of Spartan a little bit. Maybe there's like some start and stops that could put people off. Mm. And here there's like, you know, he he has this quest that he's given himself to go find this girl. Um, but then once that happens, it's just this kind of slow dance they're doing. Uh, what do you think about the rewatch as far as, I guess, the maybe like coy nature of the film as far as because I mean, the film is obviously trying to build up to this like wow moment where there's going to be a fallout. The and reveal. That's why, I, if you will. that's yes. why I asked you, I was like, would people find this kind of offensive where they, they think that they're doing something and they were for the, you know, for their time, even, you know, even now, even in a 2021 movie, if this came out, it would still be talked about. Yes. But I just wonder if, you know, younger audiences are going to look at this and be like, God, what's the big fucking deal? Like, you think you're special for like building up to this, this point and sort of talking around like her identity. Mm. Yes and no. I feel like, I feel like at least in my experience in dealing with like younger film fans, there is kind of some harsh, no. there's such disdain <laughs> coming out. Like they hate <laughs> sex. Uh, so they are not good in my book. Um, mm-hmm. But there's this kind of harshness about any film that deals with queerness or with uh, transness uh, because it's like to them and it makes sense because to them, it's not as big of a deal. Uh, like coming out has become an easier process. Um, talking about sexuality is much more normal. Of course, this depends where the person is from, you know, very different experience growing up in say Kentucky versus California. I was about to say, it's, yeah, it's this different. is a, uh, I, I think, you know, <laughs> Uh, I was a big fan of uh, Love, Simon, which I think got some... I, even when I just perused on Letterboxd, it was just like, who fucking cares? Like, you know, this movie thinks it's doing something. I'm like, I don't know, man. I think, you it's know... It's a big deal I, for middle America. 
to me. Because that, that's a popcorn movie. That's not the crying game. Right. It, it didn't premiere in art houses. It's not an awards contender. It's a high school rom com. Right. And that to me that's like the the true sign of like we're you know, we're getting somewhere is mm-hmm. this is normalized in the way that studios can make money on it. Look at this and make money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As soon as the, the capitalists get involved, I'm like, well, I guess we're in a good place if people are going to try to take this and like I can make a buck yeah. off of Love Simon. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I'm kind of with you there as far as the old man of like, can we just, can we just appreciate, you know, the, some of the, some of the victories here? Can we yeah. appreciate, I guess the sort of history of it in that way? Um, and it also, it makes it harder to, I guess, take seriously the opinions to some degree when, cause I, I have no idea what, you know, if, if you show me a film from the forties and you're like, Hey, this was groundbreaking for X, Y, and Z. Right. right. Am I going to be like, well, it's fucking bullshit now. You can see that a thousand times a day. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, I mean, it sounds obvious, but like fucking. And I will say fucking, that if you bring a 1940s movie in here, I'm going to start saying that's bullshit. <laughs> well, that's probably true. I see this everywhere. I mean, this is, I guess, a radical statement, but like context matters. Like when a movie made matters, it's a different impact. And I also think the reason I wouldn't take it offensively, and I want to say like, I am not trans, so I can't speak to whether this is offensive to someone who is trans, but for me watching it from an outsider's perspective, I kind of love the fact that when it happens and he's shocked, she is looking at him like, Oh, you didn't know, but she just assumed that's what he was into. Well, he entered her world. Right. Like comes to her bar where she's a regular, everybody knows her. And like, uh, clearly she has relation relationship with, uh, you know, an abusive man that, You know, Fergus becomes like the protector in a, in a way, and he relishes the opportunity to be the protector. Um, I think that the relationship is kind of sweet and yeah. kind of cool. Like, I actually I like the two of them together. I, I like the too. way it's played, and like I, you're right. This is like a series of like different movies in a way, and I really enjoy my time when it's that type of movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually kind of pissed off when the fucking IRA stuff comes back. It's very brief. Same. And it's not like it's shocking that it comes back. You know, there's some unresolved issues. I don't think Fergus was just going to get away, Scott, <laughs> free and have to <laughs> take up with Force Whitaker's yeah. <laughs> love interest, <laughs> which is, um, I don't know. Like, it, it, I keep going back to fucking Whitaker's face. And those, like sequences where he's like smirking at him like from from beyond yes and that fucking sweater and that outfit it's like jesus man you're just let it go why are you sweating in like heaven or wherever you are what is going on man all i kept thinking about when he talked about like him being in her world in that club i was Mm -hmm. like we have found the one character mike who is slower on the uptake than ben affleck and chasing amy um Mm. he still doesn't get it so you're pausing that we need Jason Lee, who's yes. looking around and doing the head nod. Oh, <laughs> yes. That is what we need. We kind of chasing. We kind of have that. Chasing Amy is a good pull. Yeah, I mean, we kind of have that with the bartender. He just doesn't, he's not upfront about it. Yes, what'll it be? Bottle of Guinness. Bottle of Guinness. See that, Carl? See what, Bill? He gave me a look. Did he? Just cut his hair, you know. Yeah? So, what do you think? Nice. There, you did it again. I saw that one. And what would you call that? That was a look. Ask him to ask me what I'm drinking. He wants to know, do you want to know what she's drinking? A margarita. 
now he can like um he, he's a little withholding yeah isn't he? a little bit he could have told him yeah. like because it's very clear i mean i love that because it's very clear that the bartender knows that he doesn't know he's always kind of look at him like has he figured it out yet nope oh, still along for the ride huh okay i have no idea what the uh the ethics of you know a bartender in that situation because you're you're seeing all manner of drunks hooking up with one another yeah. and, and if you tell him just, I he guess might leave you no more tips no more drinks <laughs> I mean, well, Dave, yet again, Dave's going with the, the capitalist point of view, right. but I was just saying, you know, maybe it's just best just to to stay out of business as possible. Yeah. Now, the way Let you have your fun, Jay Davidson, just have a good time. Jay Davidson, the portrayal of Dill here, uh, Dill brings this bartender in <laughs> as the, the sort of medium when the, when there's a fight. Uh, like you know, relay this to uh, to Fergus sitting at the bar. So there's a little bit of playfulness there, but um i i don't know like i i i think this one has aged fairly well for me in the sense that with it seen as like an awards contender and it's got the 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 miramax push a lot of that stuff has aged badly i'm just talking about in the context of being an entertaining movie mm-hmm. uh this one to me is like is really entertaining and it, it fits in the whole like hey it's a genre movie mm-hmm. that perhaps because of this unique relationship for the time it got a little bit more critical consideration, but it still ends up being the like, you know, it's, it's a classic, like you know, the bank robber who gets away and tries to start a new life. And then is like pulled back into crime, that sort of thing. It's, it's a staple of that genre right. where you, you're so I, I, I think it's really entertaining and uh, the romance works. Yeah. Me. I, I really like it. Yeah. Except for that goddamn sweater. <laughs> and even they, they even put Dill in the, the sweater. What's going on? Just ah. Oh. So it's really interesting because one thing we haven't talked about on this show in particular is one of the dangers of watching, you know, all the movies you need to before you die, your off screen death, mm-hmm. is let's face it, the vast majority of those movies are probably like nineteen eighty and earlier. Right? A lot of those movies on those lists. Um and you, so you run the risk of running into movies where it's like, oof, that didn't age well, or like, this doesn't work anymore. This doesn't, the pacing is off or, you know, uh, in terms of how it deals with certain groups of people, maybe this isn't comfortable anymore. So I was worried about that going in where I was like, oh, well. oh man, maybe like as someone who tends to be pretty sensitive about this kind of stuff. Um, about how queer people are treated, how trans people are treated, At, especially. Darn that day right. on Twitter, Coming. if you'd like to see some of that. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I was worried, like, okay, this is one of the first kind of known trans moments um, on screen. Um, like, you know, you could argue stuff like also like in that same era, Silence of the Lambs, but that movie makes a point to say that that character isn't trans, but there's still some uh, questionable still, stuff going still... on. Right. backlash and right. you know i mean also did not escape the the attempts at humor uh since i'll just go ahead and get out of the way uh i'll mention kevin smith tonight uh chasing amy uh so we'll put it on the record for uh next month's trilogy in theory clerks 2 is going to be one of the selected films that was my co-host doing actually and uh before we recorded as i was waiting for my wife to uh, uh take control of our dog which uh dave um Right before we recorded, I heard screaming and like, you know, what have you done? Uh, he had gone into the closet, uh, pulled down a sweater and decided to just chew a hole in it. Said the sweater needs a hole. Oh, um, no. 
where was he for the Force Whitaker and yes. uh, the Dill sweater? Yes. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I was watching uh, Clerks 2, though, before all of that drama, and uh, I just, just got into the sequence where they do the goodbye horses with Jay and Silent Bob. I, we're talking about a 2006 movie <laughs> referencing something from 1991, and I'm like, yep. But some of the stuff is is still played for uh, for broad comedy and broad um, comedy there, but in the movie also played kind of for disgust. You know, you're like the whole like I'd fuck me scene. Like it's meant to like gross you out. It's meant to creep you out. Whereas this, I don't think ever ever goes that route. I don't think there's a moment where they're like, oh, we're going to gross out the crowd unless you're so grossed out by the fact that men have dicks uh, that you just can't handle it. Uh, then that's more of a you problem than a movie problem. So well. <laughs> Going back to your um, your your list thing, I mean, you are also closing yourself off if you're watching the quote unquote right movies, closing yourself off to I don't know ninety some percent of like all other life experiences. Yeah. Like if we're going to say that it cuts off, and I mean, granted, you're including a lot of you know the seventies, which I think most people see as maybe the perhaps the greatest decade in the revolutionary period of film, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know that's also you know, if, if if Taxi Driver is that, not a great look at, you know, uh, people that are not, I mean, not a look, great look at white people, but also not a great look at race relations yeah. at all. Just people so, in general. Yeah, or people in general. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that if, if you're operating off that, you're, uh, you've basically put the ball in my court. That's like, okay, I've got to wear the ultra progressive hat. Mike's got to be the one. Thank God. One. Thank God he's here. Thank God for that. <laughs> Cause you know, I, last episode I gave us Val Kilmer and Spartan. And I don't think the world's ever seen someone that looks like Val Kilmer on screen. Like we don't often get extremely beautiful, like wielding a gun and saving the day, rescuing the girl. A so, white guy. You're welcome. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely so it was like it was it was a big relief to me that this this still at least for me i mean you know your mileage may vary uh depending on your experience but at least for me like i it was a it was a shocking moment only because you're in the you're in the point of view of the character who doesn't know like it's a shocking reveal but it's not an insulting reveal and i i don't feel like it's played for disgust or played to like point and like be like, Oh, that's so weird. That's so strange. It's just a thing that happened in this relationship. And afterwards they move on from it. You know, like he has a period of time where he's like, I can't, I just can't deal with this. Like mm, I can't go inside. I can't hang out with you. I don't know how to process this, but after, you know, the IRA comes busting into the story once again, and it, you know, ends with some, you know, pretty brutal Sad. violence. Then like I was gonna say it's uh after you bring visit me at work. And I, I don't know. There's a there's a so sweet. That's like, like a really sweet yeah. sequence. Even when he hadn't gotten to the point where he's comfortable yet, he still he still cares. Right? Of, of yeah. it's, it's you're, very... you're not gonna talk to her that way. Like, you know, right. the, in, or me in, I don't I don't know. I, I enjoyed uh that. I mean, because that's where that line comes from of I, I think I liked you more when you're a girl and mm-hmm. it's just like i mean it's a, a very strange callback to um some like it hot right. where you know like nobody's perfect it is and it's strange that it's sort of played that way yeah. um yeah but yeah i i dug it i do want to shout out um a mutual acquaintance never a friend because he's an idiot 
uh, Tim from First Time Oh, Watchers. I was going to break yeah. this up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that is actually, that's actually why I brought up the fact that like you have to build up this woman in the first hour. And that's why it works. Because I think Tim's, the I don't have a in front of me, but the essential thing is like, basically I couldn't get into this because it was so clear that was a man. Like that was his. <laughs> was like, Way to miss the goddamn point. You it was monster. It was uh, quite a bit longer, but I like your your version <laughs> of it more because it makes him look worse. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, uh, Tim was not a fan of this. Um, and uh yeah he, i mean the only thing i'll agree with is uh that i do think the ira showing up again does take away from you know more ferguson dill uh time which i i'd be totally fine with it just turning into just a, a romantic melodrama yeah. at that point or or you know dealing with the 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 guilt of how they met which sure. is being involved in her previous lover's death um but uh yeah, this is a quote. Considering the awards recognition, I, I guess this was praised as being progressive. I like that. I like the I guess, which is so, there's such a bad taste in his mouth. Uh, this is a good example of a film and its ideas that do not hold up. I would imagine a more focused remake made by the right people would serve this general story justice. Oh, Lord. Um, yeah. So on Tim the, from First Time Watchers, the, don't listen to his podcast. <laughs> on the other side of that, we have a real film critic. Roger Ebert, you may have heard of the man. Oh, you're stacking the deck just a little bit against Tim. So, Roger Ebert gave this four out of four stars uh, when he reviewed it, uh, describing it in his review as one that involves us deeply in the story, and then it reveals that the story is really about something else altogether and called it one of the best films of 1992. So... Tim, take that, Roger. Tim. I think I'm going with Roger on this one. I'm I'm good with you know hanging with Roger Ebert on this one. I I when I read that, like I was when I read Tim's review, I was legitimately shocked because I read it after I had seen the movie, and I was like, wow. Because my first thought is like, wow, that really holds up, even though it was made almost 30 years ago. Like that, wow, it feels modern and it that's powerful. And I was a long you know for the ride for the whole movie and that was great and you know the idea of like well maybe if somebody good remade it uh it could be a good story and i was like jesus <laughs> and it was like i don't know the idea of like well i could tell it wasn't it wasn't a woman it's kind of offensive um and also missing the point like it's just like really it, it feels like you're trying to like put yourself above the movie well like i would have known that that wasn't a girl and i never would have gone to that beauty salon like it's just like okay i guess uh but that's uh you know and it it brings back to me that like you can't you can't control who you fall in love with it's not a you know this wasn't a thing where he was like you know oh she's not perfect she's not this she's not that he you know heard about her from this guy obsessed over her obsessed over this picture met her and then realized like wow she is really that great and fell in love that's a beautiful story man a beautiful story that could have gone wrong in a lot of in a lot of different ways before it actually did go wrong when the ira showed up i mean that's about as wrong as you can go uh but there's there's you know maybe you obsess about this person you see the picture and you meet him like ah you know she just is really photogenic uh but I'm not into it uh, when I see her in person. Uh, no. I like your version of <laughs> Vertigo where Jimmy Stewart shows up and is like, eh. Eh, there's something off. <laughs> not the same. No need to investigate further. <laughs> this is why I could never be the obsessing type. I'd be like, eh, I got this picture. I'm good. I'm fine. I don't need to hang out with you. 
But yeah, I, I just feel like, you know, whether you feel like this trans woman passes is beside the point and like kind of insulting. Like it just, you know, it's who who wrote that review again? Uh, Tim from some fucking podcast that no one will ever listen to. I don't even listen to it. So <laughs> I'm composing a tweet, uh, a live uh, tweet here. On tonight's recording, at darn that Dave compared at first time watchers to Roger Ebert. That's true. That's nice. That's very true. Yes. Oh no! I just got an alert that Tim from first time watchers on Letterbox liked my review of seven. I just screenshot this, so we have all of this happening. <laughs> that is amazing. Um, to, is that how it happens? Is that how I get likes on reviews? I just start talking shit about people. You start complaining. And they, you just they sense they can sense maybe, it from afar. Maybe or he's so watching for seven the, right now. I mean, that's the other. Yeah, it wasn't for the crying game, of course. <laughs> yes. That hater. That's right. Um, so, what did you think about the kind of the ending of this movie? You know, after everything is kind of wrapped up with the IRA, there's a lot of violence. You know, one of our lead characters gets arrested, and they kind of are you know, connecting to one another through, you know, a visitation. Um, so, you know, it's not exactly, it's kind of a happy ending. Like the relationship is still there, but it's definitely bittersweet. <laughs> me, all right. Let me be offensive. Now. Okay. Uh, Finally. <laughs> We've gone, how long? We are recording for 35 like... <laughs> minutes waiting for Mike uh-huh. to say something inflammatory. <laughs> Finally, we're here. The, uh, I think it's probably good for the Fergus character that there is a barrier between him and Dill, because I think that given who he surrounded himself with and presume, like I said, presumably, cause he's a little bit of a blank slate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just assume that he has, and also for the time period kids, uh, fairly conservative viewpoints on on this type of relationship or this uh, maybe self-discovery that he's on. Um, and it feels like an appropriate time out for them to continue their relationship, but removing the physical, which would seem to be the only hang-up with him now. And... I feel like it's kind of honest. I like, you know, as much as it would be, I guess, fucking interesting just to see Fergus just going to town and just having like sex capades. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't feel like that's honest, but he's not ready for that. He's not, there, there's a, there's still a sweetness to it. And I mean, obviously there's the, there's the sacrifice that is made from both parties, you know, both, you know, she gets to be the protector, the physical protector, uh, mm-hmm. But also he he gets to reestablish that role as far as like you know I'm the criminal here like basically because of me I've made you a criminal um, so let me you know let me put that cat back on but yeah the the ending is is basically them just continuing that conversation right. which I don't know I feel like uh, on Twitter I, for people that like are on wanting to like converse with strangers all the time, which is already weird to me, as you know, yeah. like I've, I know you, I know Hiro web, like basically people I co-host podcasts right. with and there's people, <laughs> then there's fucking horrible people. These, uh, uh, with these horribly, I guess, transphobic reviews, as you say <laughs> on letterbox, Tim, I know them and I enjoy their company when they like something of mine. <laughs> but then after that In service of me, enough. you're okay. But yeah, but Twitter is, it's like, you know, a lot of the issues I have with it is if you're getting on a service to 
have conversations with other people. There seems to be a, a quickness to end conversations in the sense of you should already know this. You should already like be on my side, that sort of thing. And I'm not asking for people to necessarily take time of their day to educate others, but I do think there are legitimate areas like what I like about this ending here is that sometimes it just, it just takes time for people just to kind of wrap their heads around basically himself. It's basically him. It's not like he's trying to understand her. He's trying to understand like, like his, I guess, own personal hangups. Maybe he's had in the past and like, he, I think he genuinely has fallen for, for Dill. And mm-hmm. I think it's just time. Now that's not the most like sweeping cinematic, like romantic gesture is like, just give me, <laughs> send me to prison and let me, let me think about this for a little bit. But like, like the rest of the relationship has a sweetness and you know what? He gets to pull out the, the, fucking scorpion frog story yeah. again yeah, it's just like i've got this in my back so pocket. here's the only thing i'll disagree with you on in that statement i think the scorpion story no, no. scorpion story is great so it's you great. were shot it's always great forrest whitaker <laughs> you shut up no uh, um so i think it is a romantic sweeping gesture and because one of his last lines you know you have to remember that dill is a person who is a trans woman you know maybe before we had you know, that term very accepted um, in the world, but is living her life as a woman. And when she asks him, like, basically, why'd you take the fall for me? He says, as a man once said, it's in my nature, right? So he's placing himself, at least in my mind, in the role of the man, which places her in the role of a woman. It's an acceptance line. Um, And then cue the song. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Stand by your man. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> and I thought like, wow. You're corny, Dave. That's what you are. And I thought like, wow, that's that's really sweet and a really kind moment. Like, is he ready to like, is he ready to like live his life as like, oh, I'm with this woman now and I'm, you know, we're just going to go for it. Maybe not. Maybe he does need some time to cool his heels in jail uh, and figure himself out a little bit. But I do feel like as I watch this movie, this does feel like strangely like a great romance like that these two kind of belong together and that they are in love with one another. And once he gets out of jail, they're going to be together. And I like, I like that version of this story that these two end up together after all this. Erroneous. Tim says there's a better version in his mind, a newer one, a remade version. Yeah. He can keep it. I will, I will keep, I don't know, the one that got nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Isn't our way to like promote and shout out other podcasts only by shitting on the person? Like, cause this is a lot of promotion. I would love if someone just mentioned, you know, something I said on yeah. Letterboxd or a podcast. Inevitably, it would be this, though. Yes. It would be someone saying, What an idiot for 10 minutes. <laughs> That's right. It's made worse by the fact that we both had that, like, <laughs> that bullet in the chamber. Yeah, like, we were listen to ready. This. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. The, the, the lesson here is don't be friends with us on any platforms because otherwise I wouldn't, no offense to Tim because he's, you know, he's in the same ballpark as us. Right. I wouldn't be aware of it, but because he accepted the friend request, there it is in my feed. Yeah. And honestly, like game. no matter what terrible things we say about our supposed friends, we say much worse things to each other. Um, so you, on this podcast, on this podcast, <laughs> over text message, it doesn't matter. We treat each other like absolute garbage. This is not a grand romance. Unlike the crying game. There you go. Way to, <laughs> way to wrap it up. Uh, I, you know, by the time we get around to releasing all of these episodes and by all of them, I mean 
one horrific recording with my co-host on Trilogy Theory where you had a legitimate power outage. I can't remember what was happening with me. Webb had his usual sort of janky connection, you know, in the in the DC area, probably fending off domestic yeah, terrorism probably. just to record a podcast. Hiding in a garage somewhere. Yeah. yeah. It's not great. <clears throat> but on that note of romance, I do believe the way these line up that the uh next <clears throat> released episode, the one we have scheduled to record, is with a guest who has chosen uh It Happened One Night yeah. as a blind watch uh going off of you know, presumably one of your lists. I would be shocked if this is not. I'm on sure. Any I'm of those sure it lists. is. Like the original rom com. I'm sure. It's, right. I'm sure it's there. But much like uh, Zeta did for the Searchers, uh, it's going to be one of those. I should have seen this by now. Right. So uh, that's what we're doing. And uh, yeah, so I guess romance is just going to continue on for the next few weeks on the show. Yeah, we're we're ready, and we're diving into the Criterion Collection for it happened one night. Uh, on the next episode of... I think I actually have that. Yeah, one. me too. Do I have this? Oh my god, I do, and it's sealed. Ooh. I've actually seen this before. <laughs> it's still got the 50% I... off sticker on it from Barnes & Noble. That hey, is... <laughs> I ain't, ain't going to pay full price for this, the original rom-com. <laughs> Fuck that. All so... Right. Yeah, 105 minutes. So, in the meantime, if you want to follow us on Twitter, um, so we can mock your choices on letterboxd uh you can find us Jeez. at offscreen death and you can find our instagram at the offscreen death ugh, ugh. i guess i should post a picture eventually but that's terrible yeah this is really the episode to say hey follow us so we can make fun of you yeah uh, <laughs> probably should have avoided that this time around but uh so follow our instagram oh, well. for lots of crying game pictures it'll be great <laughs> Are you just promising dick pics? Look, I mean, look, you said it, not me. You run that account. You do what you this, want. <laughs> this is, I said it, but this is uh, we're recording over Zoom, and you like started giggling so much that you went off screen as soon as you said. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so if you want, uh, no, I'm not going to say that. Uh, just follow us on Twitter at Off Screen Death and on Instagram at the Off Screen Death.